0: Triple M's The Real Football Show catch up. Saturday mornings from 7 a.m. for CMI Toyota, SA's number one Toyota dealer.
1: Ah, good morning, boys. The A grade. We're back together. Phil Stubbins in as well. Good morning, men. How are you, mate? Good. No worries. Uh, Welcome back. uh, Thank you. Another disappointing night.
2: Yeah, As far
1: as uh, Adelaide United's concerned, Yeah,
3: lots to talk about. Obviously disappointing, but um, I'm sure we'll go through it.
1: Yeah, we will. Uh, coming up a little bit later on, fellas, uh, Michael Moroni will join us. Now, these boys are flying home this morning, obviously, so very good of him to take our call. He'll be at Sydney Airport. He wasn't too bad last night, actually. Look, he did well. I think it was the first game he's come in there as a, as a starter and, and sort of get through as much of the game as he could and, He's a terrific kid and he'll be feeling down at the moment, obviously, but um, it's good to see him back. Ned Zelich will speak to us a little bit later on about the entire league and uh, Albie, I know you've changed your tune uh, dramatically. You told me uh, last time I was here, Melbourne City weren't they just the greatest team we've ever seen? Now yeah. all of a sudden you've written them off totally.
2: I have. Uh, they've dropped off a fair bit. But uh, I think that's because Melbourne and Sydney, are vi- Melbourne victory and Sydney are very very strong.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, also coming up, we'll take your calls at any stage. One triple three five three. A lot of things to talk about in the world of uh, the real game, the world football game. Uh, orange cards is being mooted. We're going to talk about this, where you could be sent off for ten minutes. Colors of the rainbow. Maybe we go through the. Whole- Pull. Yeah, much of it, mate. You know, yeah. three minutes for a yellow
2: card and five
3: minutes for a blue card. And
2: mm. Van Basten, debate. he's the man that's
1: that's brought that to the table. Who's that? Van Basten, Marco Van Basten. Well, he knows. He was what a decent he's player, wasn't he? Yeah, some very player. good player, some player. Yeah, he was indeed. So plenty to talk about. Uh, Juventus fans. Now there are millions of those worldwide. They're up in arms. Do you know what's happened here? Uh, do you know the story, Arby? Yeah, I do. What's happened? The logo. They've changed the logo completely. Upset the fans. And and, and looking at Adelaide.
2: Uh, they'll be, utterly City, they'll be disappointed as well. They used to be called Juve, uh, yep. Juventus, but uh, they've, that's dropped right off. And uh, that's a huge mistake, I think, uh, for a, a big club like that.
1: Yeah, but uh, what it does as well, is it about merchandising and selling things? So what they've done, Phil, is changed their, the yeah, logo the JJ, of the yeah. club. And apparently it's a, it's a J, the J, some sort of flash J. Um, and what it will mean is that uh, everyone will have to go out and buy new shirts. Well, I saw. maybe there's a ploy. Maybe that's a reason. Yeah. Do it you know, for the, one year and then
3: switch back because everyone's yeah, up. You in think arms. that they would have a, uh, something across the supporters or the supporter base to actually ask uh, and mm. go through it, you know, just to screen whether it's the right thing or not. But to get it to, to what it is now, I'm not complaining or either way, but um, it's a big change.
2: But they've lost that brand. That's a huge brand in, in global terms mm. and uh, big club. Uh, I think they've made a huge mistake there. Yep. But you're talking about uh, merchandise and that, but that happens every year anyway, where mm. the teams change their strips, where the, the punters have got to buy the, mm. the new strips. So yep. it's nothing to do with the logo. They've lost mm. their brand there.
1: mm well, I think you'll find there'll be a backlash and they'll switch Yeah, there will be. Yeah. Anyway, one triple three five three. have your say at any stage on the real football game. Uh, in a moment, what happened to Adelaide United last night? Went down 2-0 to Sydney. We'll talk all about that with Albie Kid and Phil Stubbins. It is the real football show for CMI Toyota, South Australia's number one Toyota dealer. Uh, it's the Real Football Show here on Triple M. I'll kid Phil Stubbins and Ditz with you this morning. Uh, and again last night, uh, well, an unfortunate result for Adelaide United. Grant, here he comes, late run. Alex Brosk! What a finish! It's been a frustrating night in front of goal until then. Long throw. Creating something. Brosk trying to bring it down. And now Ryan Grant's in there, pinballing around, and it's 2-0. Bang, bang. Sydney FC, And it could have been three. Early on, Sydney uh, got a goal where we got to see the replay, Phil, and it was onside, called offside as well. So uh, the rest helped Adelaide last night. Well, they did to a certain degree. I think, well, it happened last
3: week as well, Chris, didn't it, against Melbourne City, which was disallowed, which, which we all know, obviously, from, from the yeah, replay there was a goal. But, um, looked disappointing. Um, the players will be disappointing as well. But was it a performance worthy of, of getting something out of the game? I don't think so.
2: I thought it was a poor game overall. Uh, that's um, The one thing for me that, that, that really stuck out, you know, you lose a goal in the 58th minute, okay? You've got to take stock of what, you, what you're doing there. You've got to get your shape right. You've got to condense everything. And they'll lose a goal in the 60th minute. So they've lost two goals in, in two minutes. The other dynamic last night as well, you see um, Amor bringing on La-, La Roca as a defender, 2 0 down, and you see mm. Arnie bringing on a beanie. That, that gives you a good example of uh, the depth of squad that uh, Adelaide don't have. Uh, you look to your bench, uh, or Arnie looks to his bench, he brings on a beanie and then he brings on Simon. And
1: we've seen, been saying this uh, all year, the depth is not right. But at 2-0 down, don't you bring on someone that can score well, you rather than so. a defender? Well, look, he brought, You're not
3: trying to save the he, game, he, are you? Well, what he did, Albie, he brought Guardiola on, didn't he? And then they got the goal pretty much straight away, so... Look, the strength on the bench is is not uh, equating to what sydney f c is You missed David Carney as well there uh, another player that's certainly a weapon to throw on for the last twenty minutes or whatever it was that he went on, but they're falling short adelaide um I just feel watching the game there's no real weapons in the front third we're we're lacking some real drive and energy, and I think the creativity is not what it was, obviously Karuska's and I feel in those oh, I'm speaking in a negative way, but that's 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 the fact you know Karuska's not really firing like he, he's capable of doing. And in the front third, we're not creating chances again. It was one shot, I think, on target.
2: But we mentioned it uh, a few weeks past now. OK, the one last week, and we are all happy about that. But the, the flatness, again, was back yesterday. I just thought the lack of passion, um, here we go again type attitude, that's mm. what I thought was on the on the ground. And when you're when you're playing for your life, Sarah, and you, there needs to be more passion debts.
3: So, Albie, just uh, you watched the game. We obviously had a, a good viewing of that. What's your thoughts on Eugene and... and... His, what's going on behind the eyes in the in the interview at the end of the game?
2: Eugene's a very, very good example of what I'm talking about. There's flatness there right across the club, I think. And um, whether it's coming from the the lack of... Well, let's be honest about it. Amor's a very... Uh, he's not very animated there. And he's very, very you know placid in his approach to things. But I think that's when right through the team there. And, and Galakovic is a good example. You know, we've seen uh, Eugene play in many, many games, and he's an exceptional goalkeeper. He's always been verbal. He's always been passionate about his game. But to me, I think he's a bit flat.
1: Mm. Let's not beat about the bush then. And look, I, do you know what? He's a, I'd consider him a friend. He's a great bloke. He does us He's so a many favours look. here. Do you know what, though? But you're right. And you can see it. Um, how do you measure it? I don't know. There's nothing tangible there to measure. But you're absolutely right. He hasn't had a good season. He made a couple of mistakes last night. And I'd love to talk to Eugene personally. I'm not sitting here bagging him behind his back. I mean, we're going public with this. I'd love to have a chat to him and say, Euge, what, you know, what is the problem? Because there's no doubt the passion at the moment's missing. But <clears throat> what about leadership across the park as well? I, I, to me, at the moment, it looks like a real team of individuals. Very individual team out there. Look, I don't know about that. I, you know, we went
3: off air talking about I think Moroni coming in is a strong, strong of type character. McGowan the same. Regan, I think, done a really good job for yep. them. Elwich is, again, one of the players from the championship team. You know, that's the back five. There's, there's some strong characters there, Chris. You've got Isais as well. You've got Karuska. They're strong characters, but does that mean they play as a team? But who were the leaders last year? Stefan Moore, Craig Goodwin, Yeah, but Eugene was a different out. person last year as yes, well. Yes, so that's the reason. That's the fundamental flaw, the difference in the mentality of the group this year. Something's <clears> not right. It's not as galvanised as it was last year. And those kids and the players, it's, it doesn't seem as collective as it should be. And the energy, for me, it's just not there. Yeah, but energy is the, the, a good word when you're
2: watching them. I, I agree. But the definition of last year is obviously they're winning. You know, they, they, have a, they have a bad start and then they, they go on a, a, a run where they win a, win a lot of games. That that creates a, a positive and uh, confidence dynamic. Mm. This year, they're at the bottom of the league. Now, you know, we've mentioned Eugene and and probably wrongly singled out uh, but um, Well, we've not singled t- him out. No, well, I have. So, so therefore, we we were asked the question about Galakovic. and I, I know Eugene really well. He's a great lad, and he's happy. He's a happy type. He's got a happy disposition yep. and all, yep. all the rest. But it's missing this year. Question the, the, for the, you. the last year they were they were strong <laughs> coming into the run into the pointy end of the year. Mm-hmm. Now that's a positive dynamic. This year they're at the bottom of the league, so they'll be disappointed where they're sitting.
3: So I'll be question for you. Do you feel that those players that I just reeled off before those senior players? Do you feel that they're a little bit let down in terms of a championship team last
2: year and then the recruitment this year? Yeah, I do. I really do. I think that I think there's some things happened in the club there where, you know, you know, last year we, we got the word, the inside word that um, a lot of the players got together. Uh, that was a dynamic in itself. Whether they've dropped four players or five players this year. OK, well, they've left. That's a different dynamic to work with. And, and it's just not happening this year. And I, I agree with Dits. I think there's a team of individuals out there that dim, they don't seem to be Galvanized. playing in unison or, 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 or playing together or gelling. Uh, but for me, when you're in a relegation battle, well, it's not a relegation battle, but if you're at the bottom of the league, you've really got to battle mm. every single week. Now, the dynamic I'm speaking about here, they've lost a the goal in the 58th minute. It's time to take stock. Say, let's make sure we don't lose anything. They will
1: lose a goal within two minutes; the mm. game's over. Mm. One nil, you're in the game. Two nil, it's a struggle. One triple three five three. United fans, what is wrong? You've heard what uh, our experts have had to say. Obi Kidd and Phil Stubbins. Is it passion? Is it leadership? Uh, how have you seen the performance of Eugene Galickovich as well? Give us a ring. One triple three five three. It's the real football show. Thanks to CMI Toyota, South Australia's number one Toyota dealer. 7 uh, seven twenty-two on a Saturday morning, the real football show. Just a reminder, Dead Set Legends coming up after 9 o'clock as well. We're doing it for CMI Toyota. What is wrong with Adelaide United? Fans, give us a call, 13353. Just on the makeup of the team last night, why wasn't O'Doherty starting? He, he has been an absolute revelation this year. We're talking about lack of spark, nothing happening going forward. He, he actually provides it.
3: Yeah, look, they've got Enrique there that I think are more obviously bringing him to the club will, will stick with. therio for me, the poor bugger's been you know passed from pillar to post. He's he's playing striker, one minute left wing, then he's attacking midfielder, then the right wing. He's been all over the place. Benny Garucci, pushed forward into that left wing. You could sort of see why. You know, he's done a great job at left back, but Michael Moroni came back into the uh, into the mix. So, look, there's a few reasons why surrounding the um, exclusion there of O'Dowdy, but Raleigh McCree came in and did, a for me, a pretty good job in the midfield.
1: Actually, how did you see him, the new boy, last night? Made his debut, Albie? McCree? Yeah, I thought he'd done OK. Yep. He looked uh, a decent player.
2: It's a player for the future, obviously, and uh, they've, they've found it necessary to, to get him out there to play, and uh, I think he's a decent player. Would you go
3: with more youth, Albie, given the current position of the Definitely.
2: Team? You know, for me, O-Cheng, uh, yeah, I'm a great believer, you know, the guy's... You know, must
1: be oozing with confidence scoring that goal last week. And for me, throw him in. Mm. Throw him in the deep end. Look, I like the fact that someone like McGree has come from the youth team. Um, I, I don't know. You've got to pick your best players. You've got to have your best side. But I, I would go a youth team player here before a lot of the overseas players every time. Yeah, look, we've lost James Holland. But really, Raleigh
3: McCree, is doing just as good a job. Yeah. You know, James was a player that we had these raps on and he's a decent player. There's no doubt about that. But in terms of the dynamic for the team, was he somebody that we needed? Mm. We need more goals, we need more thrust. So Raleigh McGree, for me, is somebody that can provide that in the midfield, akin to what Holland does, and also you've just mentioned Jordan O'Dowdy. So I think we've got that covered in the youth, Chris. Yeah, but
1: he was sitting on the bench. Why O'Dowdy was on the bench is is beyond me. Been, where would you play him, Chris? Well, um, midfield, running forward you know, from the wing, I think he, that's been his most effective... I wouldn't have him absolutely up front, even though he's a scorer, but I think he's been effective in the midfield, hasn't he? What is a hard-working young player and runs back and forward? Rule hard. That's right.
2: I think the point you're making there, Dits, is that the players that are in there, that they're imports, okay, they're not doing. They're basically not doing the business. They're doing like a Ninkovich of Sydney, by the way. You know, Mm -hmm. he's a fantastic player. Scored again last night. Great player on the ball all the time. Great dynamic there, and the other guys are not. Mm. And, and that's, what, that's how you're sort of saying, look, let's Ochieng oh or uh, the rest of them the young kids. Why not, why not
1: give them a, a chance? So right now, where they're at, I'll tell you who should be on the park from where I sit. You should have Kiddo, O'Doherty, McGree, Ocheng oh on the park right Gar- now. Garucci as well. Yep. You know, there's half a dozen young South Australian why not? boys there.
3: Well, look, it's a question that Amor will, will be asking himself. They've obviously got an eye now in the Champions League as well. So, you know, that's another huge competition that they're going to enter into and i'm sure that you know making that substitute shooting last night with with taylor egan who was doing a terrific job to be fair um with LaRocca coming on he, he's obviously thinking about the champions league Chris. all right
1: that's a discussion for later on which uh, which overseas players do they keep for that one triple three five three for our best callers we have got tickets to the united game next week i think they take on newcastle is that right uh, I think anyway, I'll check that. I should know, but we've got tickets to give away uh to United's next home game. One triple three five three. Let's go to Brighton. Good morning, John.
4: G'day boys. I was just listening to your talk there and you've talked a lot about the players and stuff, but surely the issue's gotta be a
1: more. Ooh. Tell me more. What are you what are you saying?
4: I'm saying that, you know, he hasn't signed. We don't know what he's doing. The players, you know, they're all in limbo. No one's signing on player-wise. So, is it more the issue? He's not getting the formations right, putting the right players on the pitch, not committing to the club. Joe, mm.
2: sure, I've got to agree with that. We haven't actually mentioned him, really. We have been talking a bit off air about the, that... Uh, Dynamic of you like, I keep using that word dynamic, but but if you look at the the placid nature of a more and um you know it doesn't really sit well with me as an individual. I like to see people getting animated. It, it sort of gets a bit of boost about the players and whatnot. And God only knows what's happening in the dressing room at full time when they go in and get beat again uh, because of the placid nature <laughs> of the coach. Um, I don't think there'll be um, a great um, again dynamic in the dressing room after the game. So so I think the, and looking at the players, John. They seem to be very, very flat. They just need to... They're playing as individuals, and I think you're right. I think they're getting the
1: formations wrong. All right. Well, this is an uneducated comment from me. I'm just sitting in the lounge room chair watching. He doesn't inspire me. Now, clearly, the bloke is a legend as a player, but I get nothing out of him. When I'm sitting in my lounge room chair, I get zero, whereas over the years, people you've mentioned, if I'm watching Cozzy on the sideline, Musket on the sideline, anyone, I'm getting something. I'm getting passionate. I'm getting a bit of desk-thumping, aren't I? And I'm getting a bit of yelling and screaming... With Amor, there's no, nothing to inspire me whatsoever. Yeah, it doesn't really come across in that way, does he? You're not
3: looking over your shoulder as a player if you think you've aired in, in some way in the game and he's, he's not a person that's you know pointing the finger and having a crack at anyone. Look, I think at the end of the day, John's made a good observation. It's not one that's not been discussed yep. you know, by a lot of people now. So I think the club need to make a stance and a statement with where
1: they're going with everything. All right, 133353, give us a ring. As I said, our best calls now. It's Wellington, of course, which would be very, very good to watch. Wellington uh, doing great (sighs) things at the moment. I watched the game during the week there. Good side hammered a Melbourne victory, which was a huge shock.
2: But uh, they've, got, they've got a very, very decent team there. Yeah,
1: all right. Uh, in a moment, we've got some football news, uh, other things happening right around the world, including should we have orange cards in the game <laughs> of football? Uh, this is like a 10-minute Sinbin idea that's been put yep. forward by a man who knows what he's talking about.
2: Marco Van Basten? Yeah,
1: indeed. Uh, the Dutch great. Let's uh, talk about that in just a moment. It's the Real Football Show. Thanks to CMI Toyota, South Australia's number one Toyota dealer. Uh, It's the real football show on Triple M, thanks to CMI Toyota 732 it is. Just a reminder, Dead Set Legends with all the boys coming up after nine o'clock. Things uh, about to change in the world game. Well, according to Marco van Basten, anyway, former Dutch international, a man who should know, he's played for uh, many of the great clubs, scored over 300 goals at the highest level. Uh, All right, first thing he wants to bring in. Now, a lot of the top managers around the world have really hit hit back at him, saying this is the biggest load of crap I've ever heard some of them said. One of them is... Uh, this isn't a bad one, though. Phil Stubbins restrict players to 60 games a year. Now, his reasoning there is that the quality drops away because they're just playing far too many games. So a top player for Man U, Liverpool, any of these leagues, how many games would they play in a season? Well, look, it's 38 games in the in the year for the EPL. Then they've got the FA Cup, the
3: League Cup, the uh, Europa Cup, yep. the Champions League, international games. So, look, for me, it's a common sense Rule that one. That actually makes sense to me, playing less than 60 games a year. They've got the travel, et cetera, involved in that. So it makes sense, that one. So
1: some play 80 or 90 games. Would
3: that be right?
2: Yeah. 60 is still a big number, though. You know, 60 is a big number. and yeah, it and, these,
1: and it's a good point he makes. Definitely. I don't know if
3: it gets up to 80 or 90. You know, I'd have to, I'd have to really look into that. But well,
1: sixty—that's more than one game a week.
3: Yeah, it is. So it's, it, it's a lot of games. So it makes sense to me that you know I don't allow them to play over sixty games.
1: All right. So you like that one? I like that one. Okay. Number one. Uh, replace penalty shootouts <laughs> with eight-second run-ups. Now, not, have you not. ever seen this in ice hockey? Yeah. When uh, obviously it's a tied game, you've got to work with the puck <laughs> up the up the yeah. the rink and then get it past the goalie. So. What do you get the ball at the halfway line on a, on a soccer pitch and dribble it all the way and then get around the goalie? Do you? Yeah, not for me that one.
2: Me either. You know, it's been tried before, by the way. Yeah, and I think I, I've seen it in a American competition or whatever, but because uh, Americans like that Razamatas stuff. Yeah. But no, I think the Bit penalty kicks. Yeah, I do. I think Bit the penalties need to stand.
1: Cross that one, dudes. All right. Uh, in the last ten minutes of a game, he wants the clock to stop every time the ball goes out of play. Debatable that one. Um, I could
3: see that, but you're going away the grain of, of the game, and, and you know a team that's maybe perhaps an underdog. They've got themselves in the lead, and you know they're defending as best they can, and they're kicking the ball long and out. Uh, debatable. Um, I'm not sure on that one. I might just pass that straight across to you, Albie.
2: Jury's out on that one. Very out. debatable. Right. Very debatable. but look, I, I see what he's point because. Teams do kill off maybe ten minutes is a wee bit too far out, but you know six minutes the teams try to kill the game off and then goes out of play gets a bit frustrating, doesn't it? It is part of the game though, especially if you're on the wrong side of the yep. ledger. But um, you know, I'm I'm not sure on that one. Dits.
1: all right. What about this one? Orange cards. Now, to me, this is the most interesting one. Orange cards to send players off for ten minutes. Well, that's a big one now
2: let us <laughs> now, now just think about the, the level of the game here, the world game, mm. okay mm. can you imagine a c Milan versus Nick Milan and a player goes off and the score in that period when he goes off for ten minutes? Mm. there's going to be a break in you know there's, there's, people will go crazy, I just think that's too risky. The yellow cards and the red cards for me they've it. got that
1: right, you say that. But uh, as, a, as an uneducated man that I am with this guy, uh, yellow cards frustrate the life out of me. But so with the orange card dits. Yeah, but... <laughs> what if they get that wrong? Yeah, but if you get sent off, I would say you've done something quite serious. A yellow card to me, so, some of the yellow cards for sneezing on a bloke and he falls over, and then it costs you a game next week. You miss two games because you've now got too many yellows and things like The yellow card system to me actually doesn't quite work. I think they yeah. get it wrong in a lot of cases. Well, look, it's created debate. There's no doubt about, not that. about that. It's not about that. Well, it, it's not well, about crowding the It's getting is. the right result. Yeah,
3: but you, you've spoke about yellow cards. You don't agree with that. Uh, we're, di- we're sort of disagreeing about the orange well, so, card. So then, what's, your game,
1: what's your game today? Like, Albie, your team's playing this afternoon. Someone will get a yellow card for maybe an accidental trip or something like that. Yeah. And then next card they get, off. And, yeah. and, and as I said, a series of cards over a few weeks, for, which are really inane incidents, and you miss games. I, I don't like the system. Okay, well, you don't like it. I, I think it's. Whereas some... if you absolutely flog someone and put them down, get a red card, get sent off, well, I understand that part of the game, no problem. But the yellow cards are a bit harsh. Yeah, look, it's the interpretation of the law, isn't it, Dits? You know, some
3: brand it a yellow card, some brand it a red card. You know, we, we're dealing now, we're going into the O'Donovan situation for Central Coast Mariners. Was it a red card? Was it a yellow card? Was it no card? You know, there's.
2: It's very similar to the uh, Berisha.
1: Barisha, and he got there, off it? with it,
2: which he should have. So what there's... about
1: last night, the one that's fresh in our minds, Grant, in the first half? the tackle where studs up he, he went past the ball and caught elrich on the shin Garuska, yeah uh, sorry Garuska. now i thought totally accidental but he not has actually card. caught a like no it's not a red card but maybe that's where you go all right he's an orange card go off for 10 <laughs> minutes don't don't <laughs> tackle like that maybe well you're teaching him like not to tackle Look, like maybe that. we're having a discussion about it so
2: i think it? the referees have got enough to think about and they're not even doing that well at this point where the the rules have got to contend with just <laughs> what if there's but a melee
3: And he decides I'm sending six of them off in the sin bin. Yeah, they won't do it again. Well,
1: you know, you're playing. Yeah, but when they come back on, it'll
2: be uh, (laughs) (laughs) 8-0 or
1: 8-3. Anyway, and Marco Van Basten, who knows a fair bit more than I do, uh, also wants to scrap offside. Now, this comes up all the time, obviously, this old chestnut. But uh, we have to keep offside, surely. Yeah, not for me. Keep the offside. It'll, it'll ruin the, the spectacle. You know, we'll have scores of 10-5 every week and it just takes yeah. away the... Well,
2: change the structure of the game completely.
1: Yeah, Blokes like Albie Kidd will just stand up yeah. next to the goalie well, all day. Well, will change. He'll right, never run, right, never right, run yeah. up and back. <laughs> Won't chase. He'll just say, kick it long to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Some some stuff to think. Of. This is a guy Marco Van Basten who is seriously putting these ideas forward. Are there any there that you like? One triple three five three. Please have your say, soccer fans, football fans. And uh, as I said, we've got tickets to give away to United Wellington next week, which will be a very very important clash. I
2: think Marco's got too much time on his hands. Yeah, you it. reckon? All right.
1: Yeah. One triple three five three. Albie Kid having a crack at Marco Van Basten. <laughs> who like would have thought? One triple three five three. Give us a ring. Oh, talking all things about the world game on this Saturday morning at 7.42. Uh, I've been talking about Dead Set Legends. In fact, I forgot, how could I forget, Roy and HG kick off this morning at 10 o'clock, their first show here on Triple M. Very exciting. Right now, though, it's the Real Football Show. Uh, taking your calls on these uh, proposed rule changes by one of the greats, Marco Van Basten. one 3 5 3 Where are we heading to? We'll go to Turak Gardens. Good morning, Con.
5: Uh, good morning, Chris. I hope your missus is OK after that yes, break? Yes, very good. On the Thank freeway. You.
1: Yep, thanks very much. Yeah.
5: Hey, fellas, just on Van Basten, does everyone want to leave a legacy uh, after they finish, you know? Uh, I mean, this offside thing is ridiculous. Uh, the, I, I keep telling work colleagues that aren't that follow AFL more, the, the youngest 10-year-old knows that it's a cheats goal just hanging around the goal mouse. So wanting to do away with offside is just ridiculous
3: by yeah, might.: have one, You might have one there, Con. I think Albie was probably right when he said he's just got
2: too much time too on Too much time his on his hands, hands Con. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: Good on you, um, Con. Yep, keep going.
5: Uh, just, the, just the other one, what he should be submitting, or what Australia should be submitting again, is Scotland's proposal that was not backed by the International FA Board, the uh, Laws of the Game Board, and that was um, post-match video review of divers. At the moment, it still stands, fellas. The 2007 ruling, after Scotland submitted it, uh, was that no, we deplore um, diving, but it should be um, it should be cautioned during the during the game, not after after the match. So, in my opinion, uh, Australia should uh, dust that one out and submit it for the for the uh, beginning of March uh, meeting of the Laws of the Game Board.
1: All right. Good on you, Con. What do you think, Alby?
2: Well, I've got to anything that comes out of Scotland, Day going very good,
1: doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> uh, Con, we've got a double for you to go and see United and Wellington this coming week. Let's now go to Osborne. Good morning, Anthony.
5: Good morning, fellas. Anthony, morning. what do you think? Well, I'm on the other foot with the, the last caller. I'm not a real big soccer fan, but... If you're uh, with the offside rule, if you're not willing to man up and keep an eye on your man and he drifts up next to the goals and scores a sneaky one, then that's uh, bad luck.
1: That's not a bad way of looking at it, actually. And I guess we learn that a bit from AFL, Anthony, don't we? That, uh, yeah, if you want to let someone drift down and be on their own, like Eddie Betts did a few times, he's going to kick five, six goals because no one's on him. You'd love that, update, right. wouldn't you? Yeah, all right. Uh, I guess you- it got to come
2: in there. It just changes the complete structure of the game, though. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just think the
1: offside's got to stay in. Yeah, yeah. leave it. Yeah. When um, It's funny. When you're a convert to the game, all of a sudden you learn over the years that when there is a goal scored, it is absolutely dynamic. It's such a major highlight of the game. And you can see some goals are so clever. For people that don't quite understand offside or the game of soccer, that... Goals are clever Because well, you've got to work through it. Yeah defense. there was a few instances There
3: last night I think when Bernie Abini Came on And he timed his second run To go past the last man mm. In great fashion And just the pass And the execution Let him down But you know, all those things are part and parcel of the
1: game, and the offside rule for me is a good rule. Yeah. Anthony, we'll try and convert you. We'll give you a double to go and see United and Wellington.
2: I think the criticism has always been around the lack of goals, you know, when especially in the World Cup. There's been a few World Cups where there's been minimal goals and yep. nil-nil scores, and it's a bit drab and boring. So that's the reason it's been mentioned, that let's change it to... Encourage uh, uh, guys get more goals. Mm. Teams get more goals.
1: All right, plenty to talk about. Still to come. Michael Moroney from Adelaide United. Very good of him to talk to us this morning after last night's game. But he will be ringing in from Sydney Airport as the boys prepare to fly home. Uh, and also Ned Zelic, former soccer, who's going to join us as well. He uh, is part of the Fox team. Uh, it's all happening here on the Real Football Show on Triple M. Richest team in the world. 7.48, it's the real football show. Albie Kidd, Phil Stubbins and it's here on Triple M. Uh, another massive weekend of English Premier League. Phil, uh, what's the game that's got you intrigued this week? Look, I think it's Man City versus
3: Tottenham Ditz. Yep. You know, Tottenham flying high at the moment. They were the only team that's really stopped Chelsea in the tracks at 15 games now. You know, Chelsea's won 14 of those. And I, I'm expecting a really good game. I think Man City, obviously, they've brought this, this new player over from Brazil, this Gabriel Jesus, I think his name is. And I think that's, for me, that's a standout game of the, of the weekend's fixtures.
2: I know what you're thinking,
1: Dits. West Bromwich Brom- Albion versus Sunderland. Yep. Pushing uh, all our way to, you know, towards Europe now. Top David six, Moyes, we
2: interviewed him a few weeks ago. I'll tell yeah. you what, he's struggling.
1: He's hanging he's, on though.
2: Yeah, he's lost a few though recently that he could have won. But uh, he'll be under severe pressure.
3: Okay, here's one then for you, just come to me. So David Moyes, good uh-huh. coach.
2: I would put him in the, the basket as a good coach in the, with a provincial club um, where he's got lack of money. He, he does well at a club like that. He went to Man U. He should never have went to Man U. He's now at a club that's changed their managers you know, every yeah, yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah, the, prior
1: to him going to Man U, everyone thought he was a fantastic coach.
2: Well, he was doing a very good job at Everton, that's wasn't right. he? That's
1: right. Have they got the cattle, Sunderland?
2: I, oh, unfortunately, I don't think they have. But if anybody could get him out that relegation uh, battle... He's the man, I think.
3: Yeah, so that's my point, really. You know, you, Although he hasn't got the cattle, I think he's getting every ounce out of those players to actually try and get the result, I just which, think... is, which is what we've sort of been discussing.
2: Yeah. I think, Stubbsy, that there is managers that, that fall into that category. You know, is one of them. Yeah. Uh, Sam Allardyce. Pulis. Uh, and I think Pulis is another one. Oh,
1: he's a genius. Uh, Your
2: yeah. Gaffer yeah. at uh, West Bromwich Albion. Uh, and David Moyes. You know, there's... Uh, they, they fall into that category of getting Look, a team out. How, how, do you think we'll
1: go, how do you think we'll go in Europe next year, West Brom? <laughs> <laughs> this confidence for you. It might, it might be pre-season <laughs> training or something like that, Dix, but I don't Come think you'll be, be playing anyone for a while. All Europe. right, let's quickly go through these. Liverpool, Swansea. Liverpool for me. Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bournemouth, Watford. Gee, that'll be an excitement to machine. Bournemouth. It? They have to rebound after getting beat by Hull City yeah. last week. Bournemouth. Uh, Crystal Palace, Everton.
2: Everton. Everton's on, on at, fire. At just Palace. Like, mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to go draw. Draw. Set on the fence. Mm. Middlesbrough, West Ham United.
3: Borough for me. They have to win that game.
2: Uh, I'll go West Ham. Mm-hmm. He has uh, to go opposite me, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Stoke
1: City at home to Man U.
2: Draw. Stoke, draw? Stoke City. Draw. Will, Stoke City will get beat.
1: Ooh. <laughs> so my new. Okay, I get that. Uh, West Brom v Sunderland. West Brom, thank mate. you.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go David Moyes. Yeah, right. Okay. I don't know why. Uh, but, um... Man
1: City, Tottenham. Now this is the game that's got Phil intrigued.
2: I'll... I'm going for City. Well, I'll tell you what, City's struggled. You see the last game, they've got a yeah. beat 4-0, didn't they?
3: There's a bit of hope there. Obviously, Chelsea, I want them to get even further clear, so that's why I'm going for City. But um, look, I think there's been a, a lot of soul-searching this week from Man City, obviously going through that debacle that they went through last week against Everton where they did get pounded. So I think they've got to come back with guns blazing, I'll be. Spurs are a good side. Very good. Mm-hmm. I think Spurs will
1: win that game. Do you? All right, it's at Man City. Uh, yep. Southampton-Leicester. Southampton for me.
2: Yeah, Southampton.
1: Arsenal, Burnley. I have to say Arsenal, yep.
2: Joey Barton at uh, Burnley these days. Uh, mm-hmm. He scored on his debut as well. Mm-hmm. Arsenal.
1: Right, and Chelsea <laughs>
3: versus Hull. <laughs> Look, obviously a whole boy, um, but I-, I can't
1: see them getting anything out of uh, the mighty blues. Mm. Hey, just something, uh, an aside, by the way, from uh, talking about the Premier League, is is that something that's lacking here perhaps is the relegation situation do we is that what we need is that what what's missing in our a league I, I think it is dits you know we just spoke
3: there and i think that there's something's missing from the a league you know we we've sort of had enough of the 10 teams and it needs to change i think if we can get this promotion relegation and change the interest and get more people involved in the game I think it's going to be better for the spectacle.
1: I think it's going to be better for the interest. I think it's going to be better for the growth of the game. But is it realistic? Who's who's that next tier of team? I mean, we always talk here about Adelaide City coming in. So we could have Adelaide City for me. Maybe there's a club like West Adelaide are big enough. Um, but those clubs around the nation, are there enough of them? And can they afford to do it? I for suppose me, there'd be a couple me, out yes. of Sydney, a couple out of Melbourne. Yeah,
3: you've got Wollongongs. You've got, I mean, you can just keep reeling them off. You know, Tasmania have, have put a bid in. So for me, I think there's... There's enough interest, there's enough corporate dollar out there to actually go and invest in bringing perhaps another two teams into the league.
2: I'll say that before, you you look at uh, Melbourne Victory playing, and we've covered games where they're playing Adelaide, there's 50,000 people there. The danger is that you lose that... The crowd, if it's a smaller team like mm-hmm. a West Adelaide or Adelaide City or one of the ones in New South Wales or whatever, and there's 2,000 people at the game.
1: But just imagine the dynamic right now where Adelaide United are sitting on the table. We would all be fretting about relegation right now. Yeah, absolutely. It, would, it, would, it creates that much interest, doesn't it? Yeah, so that's. I think that's what we're really
3: trying to speak about, to be honest, you know. Uh, the other thought that went from a man there, Dits as well, was that Antonio Conte coming into Chelsea, we're speaking about these managers that have got all this energy and the enthusiasm and the psychological aspects of the game that they bring to the table about drawing the best from the players. He's done an unbelievable job at Chelsea, Antonio Conte. And I think that these managers that can actually get that situation with the playing group where they've really galvanised them and they've got the mindset to such a degree where they're, you know, they're, they're pretty much invincible at the moment.
2: Well, it rubs off on the players. You know, you've got a to a coach like Conte or an Alex Ferguson or whatever, that that dynamic right there rubs off on players. You know, I I played under a a manager, Ali McLeod, that was the manager of Scotland, and he was just a total motivator. And uh, you couldn't wait to get out there.
1: Mm. Good discussion, boys. That's how we've seen the English Premier League for this weekend. Many, many good games to have a look at. Still to come, Michael Moroni from Adelaide United. It's the real football show on Triple M. Thanks to CMI Toyota. 7.56, 756 the real football show just before we go to the news uh, a little bit of extra news coming out of uh, the English Premier League Phil Cedo Berahino has left West Bromwich Albion this has just come through this morning he's gone to Stoke for 12 million pounds Look, good player,
3: striker, but I think it was a bit of a problem child there, to be honest. And um, look, it might be good business
1: because of coming the other way from Hull City is is Jake Livermore for for £13 million. Okay. And the other announcement this morning, uh, this is for Liverpool, and uh, I think Liverpool fans will love this, Albie, but Stephen Gerrard has been announced as uh, an academy coach there, so obviously looking after the youth of Liverpool.
2: Wonderful appointment. I think we've got him in the studio. Actually,
3: <laughs> yeah, great. You know, it's so coming back to the club. I like, and I think I can get a lot from you. There you go. Off, you know, you go. great. <laughs> starting with the kids and then you know take you from there. Like
1: nice to have you, Steve. No Absolute
2: worries. icon, though. And uh, <laughs> for him to go back into the youth. How, can, how, you, how would you be a young kid coming through the system there yep. with Gerard coaching you? I'm Fantastic.
1: Outstanding. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, in the next hour, Michael Moroni, defender for Adelaide United, will join us. Uh, he's at Sydney Airport, about to fly back to Adelaide after last night's unfortunate 2 0 loss to Sydney. And Ned Zelich former socceroo, working for Fox. He'll join us as well to talk all about the A League. It's the real football show on Triple M. Hey, just a reminder Roy and HG coming up this morning. Their first show coming up at 10 o'clock this morning. Looking forward to that. We're doing it all for CMI Toyota, South Australia's number one Toyota dealer. Oh, indeed, we do it every Saturday morning. Uh, good morning, boys. How are you? Albie, Phil Stubbins with Fantastic us this morning. Good dits. Yeah, good. Even though uh disappointing night last night, Phil, for Adelaide United. Yeah, it was, unfortunately. You know, they, they fell there to a very, very good side. It has to
3: be said. Dits, uh, There's no doubt about that. But they'll be disappointed. Obviously, they went away from that result last week with a win, but... Fell short again last night. Right,
1: in just a moment, defender Michael is going to join us on the phone from Sydney Airport, and uh, he's a lad who actually played quite well last night. In the meantime, we've been talking about some proposed rule changes this morning from one of the greats of all time, Marco Van Basten, and we're going to uh, delve into that again in this hour, but we've got a call coming in uh, on 13353 at Flinders Park. Good morning, Roberts.
6: Oh yes. Good morning, gentlemen. A wonderful program, and it's uh, the diversity of it is quite refreshing. So thank you for that. Good on you, Robert. I'd like to um, say. Well, I've got something very, very simple and going basically to the uh, to the spirit of the game. Um, I'm Polish and I've lived in New Zealand for ten years, and I tried to uh, to switch to another code and I actually managed to, um, you know, to love rugby or rugby union, yep. and then it was AFL. Uh, but obviously, you don't lose your first love, which is uh, which is our football, right? Mm. But you know, there's one thing in football which really bothers me a lot, and when I hear um, uh, words of criticism from from other code followers, it's always about saying, oh, you know, this game where people pretend when they fall, when they fell, and, uh, and you know, they lie down, and they hold their legs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can see their point. The game, when you compare it to other codes like AFL, the game is full of uh, situations where... Is, there's a play acting where where players basically dive to earn free kicks, yep. and I know because I played the game, and I remember being taught how to uh, earn a penalty, yep. how to actually, you know, put pressure on the uh, on the opposition mm. by, but you know, just showing how much uh, how much they hurt me, you know, yep. and how uh, how how out of uh, out of line the tackling is, and so on. Yeah. I and, and you know when you listen to. Uh, big stars who are legends of the game still saying things like Maradona saying, well, so I scored that goal. So what would you do? Yeah. I know what I would have done, you know, Yeah. yeah. but um this has to go. No, you make a good These point, things,
1: very good point. And Robert, tell me, is Bonnie Eck the greatest player of all time?
6: I would dare to say no. Uh, there was one other one. <laughs> Who's that? And that's, that's Dana. That's right, Dana. Kaka are, or Cat yeah. Dana. All right, we can. Talk he about... played for uh, for Legia Warsaw. <laughs> you on you mate.
1: Thanks, it's... Robert. Robert makes a very good point. Um, I'll go to you first, Phil. Yeah, look, he, he's making a
3: point about the game and everything else that goes around with it. We, you know, we spoke about diving, the spirit of the game. Look, for us, we were speaking about it in the old-fashioned way. Uh, the certain things that you just don't do or wouldn't even consider as a player, which is now you know prevalent in, in today's game. You know, diving being one of them. And can we get that wiped out of the game? Mm.
2: it's frus- frustrating uh, Ditson, and, uh, to con the referee or the linesman is really no good it's uh, a thing that's got to be cut out Barisha was being sent off the other week there or last week um, was a good example of De Vere. you know obviously he's went down he's not been hurt at all he's, he's, he's looked um, to the linesman and he's got, but he's sent off. Regardless of what, he's, he's, he's put his hands up and went, look, I didn't want him sent off, but he's done what he's done. Yeah. And that's
1: got to be stamped out. He should have been, he should have been probably booked for, for doing that. But you know what they've got to do? The little one percenters need to be tightened up as well. And I'll tell you what frustrates me. At, at a local level, on a Saturday afternoon, Phil, you know when a bloke goes down and says, I'm injured, I'm hurt, and the trainer comes out, and so Dennis the ref says, says right. right, you've got to get out to the sideline, don't you? Leave Move them off. there for a few minutes, don't. Because how, how often do we see it? About 10 seconds later, the ref waves him back on. Maybe it's a chance for an orange card, it's... I'm saying, no, mate, <laughs> you, you had to go off. You stay there for a few minutes. Just think about how injured you might have been. That sort of thing will yeah, help that, tidy I mean, it all, it all this It up.
3: all gets into that. You know, the, the topic of spirit of the game. You know? Perhaps you're winning 1-0 in the semi-final of the World Cup. You're injured, you're trying to, you know, yeah. drag on the clock. Do you go down?
1: Do you take some time out? You know, there's lots of things there which again, is not the spirit of the game. Right but from it. FIFA, though, all the way down, in that situation you've just said, that's the perfect example where I'd say to the bloke and the trainer, yep, get quick, go to the sideline, go over and get your treatment, and you're going to stay there for a few minutes till I decide you can come back on. Yeah, look, I think Albie mentioned something before as well about the manager, and it all transcends into the
3: playing group in terms of the mentality. So... Uh, the managers have got a big call in this in this area in this field to actually get across to the playing group that this is how we behave, these are the values that we adhere to and we don't conduct ourselves in that way. We play to the right spirit of the game.
1: All right, good discussion. We're doing it all for CMI Toyota in a moment. Michael Maroney, defender for Adelaide United, will join us right here on The Real Football Show on Triple M. 8.13 on a Saturday morning, the real football show for CMI Toyota, South Australia's number one Toyota dealer. Just a reminder, Roy and HG kick off this morning at 10 o'clock, their first show here on Triple M. Well, last night, Adelaide United didn't get the result thereafter. Grant, here he comes, late run, Alex Brosk! What a finish! It's been a frustrating night in front of goal until then. Long throw, creating something, Brosk trying to bring it down. And now Ryan Grant's in there, pinballing around, and it's 2-0. Bang, bang, goes Sydney FC. Yep, 2-0 down. Both goals in the second half, in fact, within two minutes of each other. One man, though, who certainly did his job for Adelaide United, Michael Moroni, defender, joins us right now. Michael, good morning.
4: Morning, how are you going?
1: Good. Michael, thanks so much for taking our call. I know it's uh, probably a late finish for you last night, and we really do appreciate it.
4: Yeah, no, no problem. All good.
3: Michael, how are you, mate? It's Phil Stubbins here. Hey, how you doing? All right, mate. Good to see you back in the fall there, Michael.
4: Cheers. Thank you.
3: Now, listen, I've got a question for you. I think that, and I want to know what you think, Michael. Defensively, yep. you look okay. Structurally, it looks, it looks quite good, Michael. But in terms okay. of going forward, have you got enough? Are you doing enough? Can you score more goals? What's your thoughts on that?
4: Yeah, I think um, we're not in a great position. I think, as you said, attacking, we've only scored 12 goals and, I think it's 16 games, which which isn't good enough. And um, but to be fair, I think they're they're one in the same. If you're if you're defending a lot, it's very hard to get forward. Take take last night for instance. Like Sydney dominated the game. Yeah, in all honesty, if you yeah if you, uh, um you can look at the stats or whatever, but they controlled the game. Um, and we're a team that we need the ball to do well. And uh, they had more position. They controlled the game. By the time we got the ball, uh, our wingers were tired. I was like, if I, whenever I had the ball okay. last night, I can tell you I was tired. It was hard to attack. So, so listen, um, it definitely doesn't help when you play a quality side that's in form yeah. like Sydney.
3: Well, on that point there, Michael, do you think it's it's beneficial for the team to actually sit back and try and defend zonally? or do you think it's beneficial to you guys to try and win that ball back higher up the pitch and really be proactive to try and go and win the game in that fashion?
4: That's probably more our style, to be honest. As said, we need we need the ball. Um, otherwise, we're not as effective. We're not a team that sits behind the ball and sits deep. And Yeah. I mean, okay. we got away with it a little bit last week. We probably sat a little bit deeper and, yeah. and counterattacks. But, again, that was against a very good ball-playing side in City. So uh, I think we're just going to have to get better on the ball and um, work better tactically because teams have improved this year um, on the ball. and. Yeah, those, the last two rounds are a great example. City and Sydney are exceptional on the ball.
3: Yeah, it's an interesting point that you bring up there, Michael. It's it, it's something that perhaps obviously the coaching staff and the playing group might get together and, and, and put something forward after the analysis is to, to try and implement moving forward. So I think if you get on the front foot, it's all about scoring goals and as you mentioned there, I I can sense a little bit of a an angst in in, in your sort of replies to the question.
2: Yeah, Mike,
4: I guess no one wants to be in this position, so it's hard.
2: <laughs> Mike I'll be kids, yeah. how are you? Hey, how you doing? good um Michael Just obviously you're playing against uh the benchmark, I think in the league, obviously Sydney is a very very good side, but you know we' just we were just mentioning on air earlier on about the it seems like um uh the game was a bit flat last night and and the other question I would look, like to ask you is where do you think the goals are going to come from you you've got Henrique, your top scorer at this point in time, but you know Guardiola seems to be off uh, where are the goals going to come from
4: well um. For starters, I think we've just got to get back to controlling games. You look at last year. A lot of the games, we controlled possession. We controlled the tempo. Um, we sort of set how we were going to play. And I think a lot of times this year we've, um, we've lost control of the games and it, it really doesn't help with our style. Uh, if the other team's controlling and we're running, uh, it makes it hard for us to do the things that we're good at, um, which is controlling it, working it from the back, getting forward. And, and that's when we're able to create and and score goals and, I think, uh, like I mentioned just before, um, personally, every time I got the ball last night, I was pretty buggered already. So it was hard for me to sort of create anything. So I can imagine, I can imagine the wingers were in the same bait because they were tracking back the two fullbacks that went quite high and um, probably the striker as well. So it's difficult
6: to do
2: great things f- when you're how's when you're f- in that position. How's the feeling in the camp, mate? The confidence obviously I would say it's quite quite low. But um uh, but how is the feeling in the camp? Where, what's the what's the objectives for the to for the remaining games?
4: I guess the coach has just been trying to uh, nail us down to just take it a game at a time. Um yeah. and just trying to get three points um each game and not really saying goals of we wanna finish, you know, top six, we wanna do this. We've just gotta take it that old cliche of taking the game at a time but um that's all we can do at this stage it doesn't get too much worse yeah
3: listen michael i'm just sensing here it's a good conversation that we are having. i think uh, i wanted to know is there a real anger is there some angst in the changing room is there a few coffee cups being thrown around and 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 the boys are you know they're angry and a bit pissed off or are you all thinking as a collective we want to play in a different way because you you, you've spoke to me there and i'm picking up and sensing that you want to play in a different way to actually what we're witnessing on the pitch. Is there any Nah,
4: tr- I mean, <laughs> well, we just we just want to get results. But um, at the end of the day, I know how effective we can be yeah. when we play the way we want. It's just we haven't been playing to this end. And I think um, not only us, teams around us have improved uh, playing against us, uh, looking at this last year. And it's getting harder to play the way we want. But um, we've just got to keep plugging away and. We've had a bad, <laughs> this year. We've had a bad run with injuries, with um, yeah. players coming back um, without pre-seasons, and um, like Sergi coming in two weeks before the year. And yeah, I mean, it takes a long time to gel a uh, you know a winning team. Mm. Uh, we're just going to keep plugging away.
1: How did you see the performance of uh, Young McGree? made his debut last night? Uh, who's that, sorry? McGree
4: Oh right, sorry. Um, uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, I mean, he's come on. Like, he played a game last year, I think but he, that was his first full game this year. But no, he's a very good young player. Um, he's one that um, uh, he definitely gets between the lines when he's playing in midfield, and he, he's good because he always tries to get the ball forward. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like him.
1: And just expanding on that, um, there's always the argument about how many young players should we play. Are we doing enough with players coming through the youth system and how many internationals should be on the park? But when you look at, I mentioned this earlier this morning, but Kiddo, Odoherty, Ocheng and McGree right now, I mean, that's a good group of young players to have in your squad.
4: Yeah, no, I agree. We've got some good youngsters that um, have improved, I think, dramatically since the start of the year. I I remember uh, young Jordan coming through at training, and um, you look at him, you know, start of the season, look at him now, he's improved um, tenfold already. So um, I think it's just up to the coach when he wants to um, put players in and, you know, you, you have to choose the right moments to to put him in but again that'll that'll be up to the coach I we, we so. do have some good youngsters coming through
2: Michael the uncertainty are more staying at the club is that do you feel that might have a an impact on the players at this point in time
4: uh, I don't think of it I don't think so I think a lot of players are off contract themselves and probably trying to do the best they can for the team and for themselves um, myself included so I don't think there's too much to thinking about the coach
3: Obviously, listen, moving on now, Michael, The big game next up against Wellington Phoenix. I don't know if you watched the game. You, you, I would surmise that you did. I did, yeah. Yep. Against Melbourne Victory. They actually, <laughs> in my opinion, smashed Melbourne Victory. So I think they've got a real spring in the step at the moment. It's going to be a tough game for you next week um, over at the High Marsh.
4: Yeah, it will be. And we played them not that long ago in Wellington as well. Wasn't I don't know how many weeks ago it was, but um, we still don't know what to expect. They're a tough team, but... Um, being at home, like I mentioned earlier, again, we are just got to control the game, control the tempo, and that's going to give us the best chance of getting a result.
3: You keep doing your stuff, Michael. It's good to see you back, mate, and good to speak
1: to you.
4: Thank you very much. There yeah. you
1: go, Michael Moroney. And thank you so much for taking our call, Michael. We do appreciate it. Well done. Cheers, man.
4: Thanks, mate. Thanks, for having on you,
1: mate. Michael Moroney, defender, and uh, as we've said, he, he certainly did his bit last night. Played well, uh, and I thought he and Regan at the back there were, were quite solid. McGowan had a reasonable game. Uh, but uh, we just let two goals in at at a bad time. I'm glad
2: Moroni's back. I I rate Moroni. I think he's a good player. Good character. Uh, He is a good character, and um, it's good to see him back in there because Adelaide United need him. What about his comments
3: about they were tired? Yeah, look, I think very interesting to hear what he had to say there, Ditz. You know, he's obviously... Last year, they were a pressing team. They went and got on the front foot. They went and won possession back very quickly. They were probably the most efficient team at doing that. They've changed now. They've they've, they've gone into this zonal defensive mode, and I, I think that in the changing room and across the training track, players are actually talking about what happened last year, why they were successful, as opposed to what's happening this year. So it's there's a lot going on so, there. So I'd what's say. he saying there? That he's having to chase too much, That when no, he actually gets the ball, he's that saying they're... he's saying that it's not really our game to sit back and hold and wait for the opposition to make mistakes and try and hit on the counter attack. How can you be tired or spent when you get the ball? Well, because they've got too much and there's too far to go forward, that's what he's really trying to say and I think with one shot on target for the entire game. Yeah. pretty much, you know, links in with what he's saying.
2: But when you when you're playing against a team like Sydney that you know you're you're chasing the game, you've not got possession. So when you're in possession of the game, you dictate the pace of the game.
5: Mm.
2: When you're playing against Sydney, you know, you're know you on the back foot all the time and you're chasing and you're checking back and covering up and, and all the above. So, Wellington Phoenix against
3: Melbourne Victory, they smashed Melbourne Victory. They did. Why? Because they was on the front foot. They took the game to Melbourne Victory. They didn't give them a chance or an inch to breathe. And they actually ended up dominating the game. And I think that's in, in the same sort of sentence of, of what Michael is trying I to say. I think
2: I'd need to take a leaf out of Wellington's book there because Wellington was in a very similar position when Ernie Merrick uh, left the club and now they've, they the as you say it stumps either they're on the front foot but they looked a very very good side against Melbourne Victory last week yeah the
3: mentality's shifted uh, and they've got a real energy about them all the things that we've spoke about that Adelaide haven't got uh, the Wellington Phoenix certainly in that last game and they've, they've won i think a couple on the trot now they're a force now they're
2: good player yeah.
1: all right Rod i'm Christian. keen to hear yeah, from adelaide united morning. fans you've just listened to michael moroney his thoughts on what happened last night what do you think 13353 united fans give us a call it's the real football show for cmi toyota 13353 It's the Real Football Show on Triple M coming up later on this morning at 10 o'clock. Roy and HG for the first time on Triple M. We're doing it all for CMI Toyota. Uh, Rule changes, proposed rule changes. Now, we talked about this earlier this morning. It's quite interesting. Marco Van Basten, who, let's face it, is one of the greats of all time. So he does know the game. And he wants to bring in all of these changes. Well, the top managers around the leagues have absolutely slammed him. And they've said it's the biggest load of crap they've ever heard. That was the word they used. Crap, they said. Um... Phil, I want to ask you about a couple of changes. We'll get to his in just a moment. Um, last night, Sydney against Adelaide scored a goal in the first half that was disallowed for offside. The replay showed that he was onside. Do we need to go? As they do in cricket now, as you see in the, the appeals in cricket, they look at it from four or five different angles. Is it time to head that way in football? I think it is. You know, uh, There's lots of situations that's
3: that, that change games based on the bad decision that's yep. been made. If we can get that rectified through the correct, obviously, footage that the TVs are going to show us, a goal is a goal as opposed to not being allowed or a penalty. You know, we just spoke about it being subjective that a player would die to try and get a penalty. Is that in the spirit of the game? But can we actually get that review through
1: a replay that suggests it's not? All right, let's. There they're two different issues. Let's first look at the uh, the offside one, though, where... Last night, Sydney would have gone 1-0 up because they scored a legitimate goal. So uh, I, I get the feeling it should be left, say, up to the captain. If, if, you, if you let every single player go to the referee and say, I want to get a video replay, it'll get out of hand. So it should be up to the captain maybe to say, just as an example, to say, I think that's offside, we want to review it.
3: Yeah, so look, it, it, fourth official, can you come in there? The goal goes ahead, so the action's completed. Mm. They score the goal, they go to the review. And it's two seconds, five seconds later, they've they've
1: decided whether it's a goal. It happens or not. in rugby league now. Yeah, was it a try or not a try? Yeah, and the whole yeah. crowd, the excitement of looking at the scoreboard, yeah. or is it a run out? In, is he out or not? And again, we all look at the scoreboard. There's wild excitement. It could be. I think it could and should because a goal in football is so costly. It's different to other sports.
2: Absolutely, hmm. I think it's beneficial in the offsides there. But going to the penalty kicks and whatnot. The, the, my point off here was. It is very subjective. Sometimes there's a, a slight touch on a player's boot or a whatever, mm. but uh, I, I think that's a, di- a more difficult one. You're the fourth official if he's looking at that. How is he going to be able to pick that? We could we could have four coaches around the table, all disagreeing it was a penalty or it was a or, or it wasn't a penalty kick.
1: But what about the ones where you can tell from the video replay that you did not even touch the player?
2: Well, if it's clear cut like that, where there's there's been a no contact whatsoever, yeah, I agree that that could be picked up. But all I'm saying is, if there's a slight touch on it, who's to say it's a penalty kick? If there's a slight touch on, on a player in the box, uh, it's, it's a penalty kick. Look, mm-hmm. I don't
3: think it's for every penalty, Albie. I think it's for the ones that are really contentious in terms of you know, people knowing that it wasn't a penalty, or there's a handball that's not a handball, or you know, somebody's dived, and, and, and you know, in the spirit of the game we've been speaking about, they've done the wrong thing.
1: The, the, the TV's picked it up, and thereafter, the penalty's been but disallowed. You know, can I just say to you fellows who've played this game all your lives. I'm, a, I'm astounded that referees can actually get conned the way they do. Are they that dumb? I, I, seriously. I mean, <laughs> I see this on a Saturday in Parklands football here locally. You, you, I can, Blind Freddy can tell that yeah, a fella just took a big dive and the referee blows his whistle and gives a penalty. How can they be conned so easily? I think the referees need to be more supported by the, the linesmen and the fourth
2: officials. That, that's what I but think. But we all
1: know the difference, don't we? I know the difference between whether you've absolutely been hacked and brought down or whether you've just taken a dive surely.
2: Yeah, you do. But that uh, that is it's part of the game that's um people's body language is such that you know you, you do con the referee it's, it's always happened. Look, we're going to with uh,
3: referees have been the point of discussion for uh, you know as long as I've been involved in the game and it's going to continue on anyway, Chris. Regardless mm. of the rules that are brought in. It's a great game, we all love it. That's why we're here. So, you
1: know. All right. Let's revisit uh, Van Basten's suggestions. This one, I think you both agreed earlier on: uh, restrict players to sixty games a year. The players in Europe play a heck of a lot of football, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that, that's a big toll. There's a lot of travel involved in that, etc., yep. etc. Et so,
3: uh, I would. Go ahead and agree with Van Basten on that rule.
1: He's talking about the quality of play that, uh, you know, the quality drops because these players are just so buggered and their bodies are tired.
2: Well, you're talking about the top-end teams, obviously, that's having a run in the FA Cup, for example, and playing maybe five or six games on the way to the final. Yep. Right? You're talking about the Arsenal's and the mm. Man U's and, mm. and the rest of them. West Brom. Uh, and, yeah. and, and, <laughs> West Brom. And they're actually playing in Europe as well. Mm. So um, these guys will play around about 73, 74 games, maybe. Yep. Whereas Van Basten's saying, look... Should be a maximum of 60.
1: All right. Uh, replace penalty shootouts with an eight-second run-up. Now, this has uh, come out of ice hockey, this one. Not for me. You know, you're going no, against the of the game.
3: No. I think it's just as exciting somebody standing up and taking a penalty. The crowd, you know, enthralled in, in the outcome of potentially what's going to happen. Leave the penalties for me as they are. I'm the same. All
1: right. 100%. Uh, orange cards to send players off for 10 minutes.
2: No? No. Leave it as it stands. That can confuse the issue completely. What Honestly, a, at the highest le- you've got to think about the highest level here, mm. right? You've got a a derby match, Celtic Rangers, Man United, Man City, and somebody's off for ten minutes, and, you, and the team nick two goals. And they'll, pl- they'll apply mm. tactics to, to to suit that mm. if it's going to come in. I think it's I think it's Mickey Mouse.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd go with him. I have to agree with that. Maybe a blue card for five minutes. I don't know about an orange card for 10
2: minutes. We still lose two goals in five minutes. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, and the other one, he wants to scrap offside. And I think everyone universally in this no. game would say no. Don't, leave it. Yeah, leave it as, leave it, it as it is. Uh, and what about his thing about the last 10 minutes of the game when the ball goes out, stop the clock?
3: Again, I, I, actually, I just want to go back to that offside rule mm. with, with Van Basten. Yeah. So when you look at it, the goals against, obviously Adelaide United last night would have stood and should have stood. Mm. So there's some some pluses. For, for what he's saying there. Um, but ultimately, <laughs> no.
1: Imagine how many goals he would have scored with no offside. Marco well, Van Basten. What about Albi? Albi kid, of yeah. course. <laughs> Amazing. Frightening. Well, I
2: would have just Fr- stood up there in the box. <laughs> the, t- the time-wasting
3: different. one for me, Dits, is an interesting one because, you know, obviously, you know, if you're supporting the team that's an underdog and you're winning in that semi-final, mm. and, you know, and you, you want to take a bit of time out and waste a bit of time, then the rules are in place to allow that to, to sort of happen and
2: eventuate. And isn't that part of the game? Mm. Yep. Goal line technology has worked, hasn't it? You know that's that's worked very, very well, and uh, on a number of occasions now. But look, I think the offside there could be some uh, mileage in that. That's
1: offside. What do you
2: mean? The fourth official being involved with the offside decision. Oh,
1: sorry, I thought you were talking about scrapping it. Sorry. No, no, no. Right, you're confusing <laughs> us. We've gone back to the start, have we? Right? Eh? Okay. We are. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, the Real Football Show. Ned Zelich from Fox Sports to join us in just a moment. Former Socceroo star. We're doing it all for CMI Toyota. For CMI Toyota, it's the real football show. Albie Kid, Phil Stubbins, and it's with you. Have your say at any stage on 133353. I've still got a double to give away to Adelaide United and Wellington at Cooper Stadium, Highmarsh, next weekend. Right, bit of footy news uh, right around the world, boys. First up, John Buck Motors have been disqualified from the Asian Champions League, they've been kicked out of Adelaide United's group, uh, and that was for match-fixing. Yeah, rightly so. Look, anyone involved in anything like that for me, it's, it's a disgrace and it's a blight on the game and we don't need it. Kicked out rightly so.
2: As a bonus for Adelaide, they're, they're a decent side.
1: Yeah. Uh, Man United's revealed uh, as a, it's the football club generating the most revenue in football with commercial revenue of £71 million. I don't think there's any surprise there, is there? Barcelona second, Real Madrid uh, come in third, West Bromwich were fourth. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) These top 20 clubs have a combined revenue of £6.41 billion. It just tells you what a monster this game yeah, is. Yeah, the mind it? boggles, you know. And I think now, obviously, China are getting involved with with all
3: this, you know, astronomical mm. payments and money and etc. So it's it's yeah.
2: I
1: thought Man City
2: and Arsenal would have been up there, that's
1: Probably. Well, they'd definitely be in the top twenty, but uh, they were just the clubs that were mentioned. Uh, Lionel Messi set to stay at Barcelona. His dad has confirmed uh, that talks continue, so no danger that he'll leave Barcelona. Um, where does he rank of all, all time, Phil? He's right up there. Obviously, people will have
3: him in the pigeonhole as number one. Not for me. I think Maradona was actually better than Lionel Messi. Do you really? Um, Yeah, I do. And then you've obviously got Pele as well. Um, I would go Maradona for me.
1: Yeah, Maradona or Messi?
2: I would agree with that, but it's very touching. Messi's quality, but so was Maradona. I just like I like, don't Me- think I like Pele-
1: Messi's work rate though. He
3: always wants the ball, probably, always wants to score a goal. He's probably obviously very opinionated on that one. But um look, it's just preference of choice. Yeah. But
2: Pele is a it's an overall football player. I think Messi and Maradona were better than Pele, and it's a big a big thing to say. Get it out. And no, honestly I do think no, that no. I really do. It.
1: but the things um footage that you see of Pele though, he created things that no one had ever thought of before. He was a an innovator. He he did things, as I said, yeah. that people hadn't even thought of. Really? Well, he
2: wasn't a shabby player. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my
3: mind's flicking through now of all the greats that have you know impacted on your, your memories. For... But um, yeah, cry for another one. But look, uh, anyway, we're getting back to it. Maradona for
1: me, Righto. Uh, Juventus new logo. Now this is very controversial. And many many people listening this morning would love uh, the old Juve. Uh, so they've they've dispensed with their old uh, badge, and have, and some artist has created this J. Uh, obviously, for Juventus, and uh, yeah, brand new logo. This is going to upset people the world over.
2: Not good. And I would have expected some Adley City supporters to maybe call in, but, uh, but really, they lose their branding there, they lose their so identity.
3: Why so, why have they done it, Albie?
2: Well, you mentioned uh, merchandise to make selling. Money. Yeah, there must be. Um, Oh, I don't know. I honestly don't know what the reason would be. Why would they change the badge?
3: Look, it's a basic logo. Visually, it looks quite good. But I think obviously the question is, why would they
1: change something yeah. that's been there forever? Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Man City, a big signing, Gabriel Jesus for £27 million from Palmera. Great player. Is he? Yeah, great, obviously,
3: prospect. And I think Guardiola will throw him in the game against Tottenham. And obviously, that's I think for
1: me the pick of the uh, the round this weekend. All right, Tim Ga, uh, Tim kale returned with two goals in Melbourne City's two one win over Central Coast. Albie Kidd had written him off.
2: Yeah, I've got look, I've got question. What will be interesting for me? That's if he's invited into Ange's Postacoglu's Australian team. I think he might just maybe get in there, uh, Stubsy. Eh? Yeah,
3: for me, he's got to be in there. I, th- I think the question for Tim is that. Stacking up week after week now he's thirty seven can he do that? you know he was he didn't really have an influence in the game last week against Adelaide, but boy you know he he made a surprising change into how he went about the game this week against Central Coast and he got himself those two goals. I think it's just the level physically of him stacking up week after week. I would take him as well in the Australian setup,
2: But from a coaching perspective, you were coaching Melbourne City and he's no backing up games. Look, I'm, agree- I'm agreeing with you with yeah, the adelaide I United it. match. I thought, I thought he was very, very poor. Yeah. Done nothing with Adelaide. Yeah. But then he comes back with two goals. Mm. But as a coach, to put him in week in, week out, that's a, that's a big decision for Mickey Vol- Volcanis.
1: All right, it's the real football show. Gee, we've got a new candidate for the best player of all time. We forgot about this fellow. Let's go to Moose of Park Holm. Good morning, Moose. How you
5: going, guys? Good. Aye, who's, the hey, best, who's
1: the best player of all time?
5: Uh, well, I agree with the other two. I think Maradona was one of the best. Uh, Messi, no way. Pelé, excellent. What about George Best? George yeah, Best. George Georgie
1: Best. best. <laughs> exactly. Now, were you a Man U fan, uh, Moose? Yep. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's right up there, Moose. He, he was, was, some, about that. was something special, uh, hey, not only that, I'm,
5: not, I'm also a Bayern Munich fan. So, But, um, no, nah, I, I think George Best was one of the best players as well. Messi is very good. Ronaldo is good. But I think the first three... Uh, Maradona, Pele, and George Best are the best in the world. Not a bad choice, no, Moose. No,
1: good on you, Moose, and uh, what a character! Eh? Unbelievable. Let's go to Clay. Good day, Clay. How you going, boys? Good. Hey, what'd you like to talk about, Clay?
0: Uh oh, look, I, I, the rule changes. I think the Marco van Basten put forward, and also uh, Adelaide United's form. But uh, the first thing, I guess, the rule changes. I, I think they need to scrap the penalties, but you know, uh, kicks when the uh, the games at a tie. Um, what I think they probably should look at is, obviously they do the uh, extra time before the penalty kicks, drop a player off every five minutes or every one minute. Not bad.
2: Very um, good and, idea. Uh,
0: Not bad. And that would expose, you know, that, that would make the, the good players shine and it would yes. also expose, uh, you know, players playing for the draw um, yeah. and teams and coaches, you know, mentality of playing I like for that that, draw, Clay. you know. Yeah, very now, good. Now, the, the other... Yeah, the other thing um, with Adelaide United, now I was at the game uh, when they played uh, Melbourne City uh, and, and what I've seen over the form this year is that they're, they're quite content to sit back but then going forward, um, they're not in any urgency to go forward. So, you know, they'll press forward but then all of a sudden, uh, you know, they'll allow the team to compose defensively and they'll try to hit the ball and, be, and keep composure, whether that's a tactic or not. But when they did get their goal against um, Melbourne City, it was because it was three passes. One ball went out to the wide, the guy hit it first time across the middle, and uh, and the young lad got onto it and, and slotted it beautifully. It was three passes. It didn't give time for the other team to compose, and it, uh, it, it was good attacking football. Well, I, think that's I, what I think that's what we're lacking.
2: I think that's just... Uh... The question mark we had, where's the goals going to come from? Because you mentioned McGowan scored, as we all know, with a header as a defender, and O'Ching, great goals you've, yeah. you've rightly mentioned there, uh, just playing route uh, one football, if you like, but it was a great finish. But the question is, with Adelaide United for me, Clay, is that uh, where's the goals going to come from?
0: Well, I don't think we have... Look, I think that next season, I think you'll find that the younger players will step up another level again. I think that where we've lost, you know, um, key players in key areas to other clubs, that's hurt us this year. And we've had to adopt a brand of football that... um, you know, that uh, isn't probably what the players are currently used to, as, you know, we heard that interview. Um, So I think that next year we'll probably pick up again, but I think we need to pick up another quality attacker. Um, The the goals, the goals at the moment, you know, we're we're playing a style, like I said, where we haven't got confidence um, around the park and we haven't got confidence in our attacking ability. Um, And so as a result, that's the brand of football we're playing. Um, And like I said, it, it, it's, it allows other teams to settle. Uh, and when you and when other teams are allowed to settle and they park a bus, then we're lacking that creativity to try and get in between the holes and, and try and score those goals. And that's also, too, because we don't have that attacking capability. Good on you, Clay. Whereas now, if-
1: Clay, uh, do you need tickets to the game next week? I'd love tickets for the game, why not? Mate, well done. Stay on the line, and Clay, we've got a double for you. Go and see Adelaide United and Wellington. Evan at Henley Beach, we'll get to you in just a moment. It's uh, the real football show. Thanks to CMI Toyota. Uh, Taking your calls on one triple three five three at Henley Beach. Good morning, Evan. Good morning. How are you? Good, Good Evan. What can we do for you? Um, Look,
4: uh, for me, it was always Pelé, because Pelé... I don't know whether you know, but he was only
6: 17 in his first World Cup. That's
3: but right, he was, all, yeah.
6: All, the, all, all that aside, I think it's difficult to compare players um, from different
4: generations because, let's face it, you know, you're only as good as your opposition. And trust me, um, Pelé didn't have the protection that um, a Maradona had or a, um, or a Messi had. He got hacked like you just wouldn't believe. It was you a know, different form of refereeing, different... Different everything. But uh, to compare, you can't compare uh, Messi to Maradona. Different different opposition. Maybe if they had the same opposition, they might have performed differently. Who knows? But I, I, I think what the best thing I
6: think you can do is
4: say, this guy was the best of his generation mm-hmm. rather than the best ever.
1: Mm, all right. Now, that's a fair point. I can see where you're coming from, Evan. is hard to compare. But, uh, but it just but becomes I opinionated, I think... doesn't it? I mean, yeah.
3: At the end of the day... Everyone's gone throughout their life of, of witnessing football, and at the end of the day, it's up to them who they think's the best of all time.
2: Sort of do abilities, and uh, Pele was great ability.
1: But it's he... the real football show with Albie, Kid, Phil, Stubbins, and Ditz here on Triple M. Thanks to CMI Toyota. 8.56 on this Saturday morning. Just a reminder, Roy and HG kick off this morning at 10 o'clock, their first show here on Triple M. Uh, Albie Kid, Phil Stubbins, thanks for this morning, boys. Good Pleasure. discussion. Good to see you, that. I'll tell you what I want you to do next week, uh, because the phones have gone nuts about this greatest player of all time. I'll get you to pick your best 11, all right? I think it'll be quite interesting. Best 11 you've That's seen. good idea. Yep. In position.
3: Okay. okay. Yeah, All right. We'll
1: get the punters to see who's put the best
3: team forward in position, it's... and then
1: we'll work out who we've left out. And because uh, I know there'll be some real passionate people wanting to ring in um, and uh, have their say. Um, uh, just off the top of your head, who's the best goalkeeper there's been? Gordon Banks. Gordon Banks. Pat Jennings.
2: Pat Jennings was quality.
1: Yeah, uh, Phil.
3: Oh, you've got me started now. My mind's thinking of this this best eleven. Um, Gordon Banks. Uh, yeah. Schmeichel. Schmeichel's good. Schmeichel quality. Good. Look, it's a, it's a, it's a good one, Dits. Bruce Grobler for me. I'm looking forward <laughs> to this oh, one. no! Yeah, the oh. clown,
1: the clown. Bruce. Grobler. Anyway, we'll do that next week. It's the Rizabeth, real football Rizabeth show.
2: Interest. I'll tell you
1: what. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, during the week, let's hope the United boys train well and uh, can go well against Wellington yeah, next week. Should we be a good game. Yeah. Should All be right. a really good game. Good on you, boys, and we look forward to Roy and HG coming up later on this morning on Triple M.
0: Triple M's The Real Football Show Catch-Up, Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota, SA's number one Toyota dealer.